Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. What I love about Shopify is basically how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. I know we use Shopify here at Betches. And honestly, anyone with any kind of business could really benefit from Shopify. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash betches, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash betches now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash betches. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. Ladies and gentlemen, Jax is a father.
You guys, we have breaking Bravo news. Jax Taylor, uh, I guess he wasn't lying. I guess he did get Britney pregnant. They uh, gave birth. Um, I mean, mainly Jax did the heavy lifting. We all know that. But uh, Cruz uh, Couchy or Cruz Taylor was born, I believe, yesterday. I believe they just made the announcement today. It is so funny. It, you know, if I ever have a kid, I probably will get less text messages than I did when Jax has a kid. And I think, I think, I think I'm pretty good with that actually. So hopefully Sheena will have her baby tomorrow so we can get that heat off Jax and uh, Brittany. The Instagram posts, we, uh, we got Instagram posts. We got pretty much a similar picture, but with different captions. Let me read the mother. And just so we're all on the same page, the mother is the one that um, carries the baby and gives birth to the baby. Now, I know there's been some, you know, back and forth and confusion on if Jax carried the baby or not. We are getting word out of uh, Cedar sinai that Brittany, in fact, did carry the baby. So uh, Jax misled us on that one. So uh, Brittany said yesterday, April 25th. Oh, sorry. That's, that's my birthday. <laughs> yesterday, April 12th at 1.51 p.m., our lives changed forever in the absolute best way possible. We got hired on Van... No. Uh, our beautiful son, Cruz Michael Couchy, was born, and we have never been more in love. He is the most precious gift, and I am so blessed to be his mommy. Heart. But it's a blue heart. What do blue hearts mean? Um, we are so, so happy. He is a dream come true. Exclamation, 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 crying emoji. The emoji with the hearts around the face. Blue heart. Dash, both mommy and baby are doing great. So at the end, it's very interesting that Brittany switched to third person. I don't know if that's like a Da Vinci Code clue or something. Uh, it's a picture of Brittany in a blue hospital gown, Jax, in what looks like a Henley. We can see his wedding ring. We can see some tattoos. And we can see what looks to me like uh, the baby. Yeah, they're holding the baby. Jax is kissing the baby's head. We have not seen the baby's face. I wonder if that will be a People or Daily Mail exclusive, maybe even a cat fancy. I don't know what the market is for a Jax Brittany baby photo. So it looks like the baby is happy and healthy. And um, are you guys ready for uh, are you guys ready for Jax's Jax's post? Okay, this is what Jax, um, Jax Taylor, Jason Couchy, uh, that's his, remember, his secret identity. Uh, this is what his post was. Uh, let's see who won the Instagram post. And we're only on like day one of the baby, so I don't know if the baby has a favorite yet or the baby chose who won the Instagram caption contest between the parents. But Jax wrote um, same, well, a similar picture, not the same picture. It's lightly a different angle. In fact, I think, and I hate to say this, he picked one where Britney's face didn't look as good as in Britney's. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like he should have used the same photo. It's a, it's an odd angle for Britney's face. That's all I'm saying. And I also want to just remind people once again, Jax did not carry this baby. Okay, so his caption is, Yesterday, April 12th at 1.51 p.m. God, I feel like these guys are on Summer House. They're always, like, giving timestamps. Our lives changed forever. We welcomed, we welcomed Cruz Michael Couchy into this world. I've never in my life thought it was going to be like this, dot, dot. It's 10,000 times better. Why not a million times better? No, it's dad mode. <laughs> Let's get this. Dad mode just kicks in. 
I don't think I've ever been as happy as I am right now. Everything else in life seems so insignificant now. Like the time I stole sunglasses from a sunglass hut in Hawaii. Or the time... No, uh, he didn't write that. Um, I am crying just writing this message. I have the most beautiful son a man could ask for. He's an absolute blessing from God. I just want to say how absolutely amazing my wife has been through this whole process. It has not been an easy pregnancy for her, but she did an absolute amazing job all the way till the end. I, I will be sad to see her go. <laughs> no, I didn't say that. I have always been in awe. Oh, I'm sorry. He misspelled awe. So he, he's, I have always been in awe. I have always been in awe of Brittany. He spelled it A-W-W-H. And I think what he was looking for is A-W-E, I think. I have always been in awe of Brittany, but I, by the way, my parents are asleep. I know I'm going to get a knock. I have always been in awe of Brittany, but I fell in love with her all over again. She is our family's rock. We are so in love. Purple heart. So Brittany has blue hearts. Jax has purple hearts. What does it mean? So this looks like a very, it's a very similar post in so many ways. So they cut and pasted a couple of things, I believe. But then Jax went the extra mile. Probably because he didn't carry the baby and was not in labor. He put in, I've never in my life thought it was going to be like this, which just shocks me because every one of his social media posts up to this point seems like this is exactly what he thought it was going to be. He thought it was going like, and then how is it 10,000 times better? He was already acting like it was like 800,000 times better. And also dad mode just kicks in. Like, did he have to protect the the baby from a tiger or something? What dad mode? Like, what what happened that dad mode just kicks in? Did he did he have to kill somebody? Like, what does that mean exactly? Um, I don't think I have ever been as happy as I am right now. I want to talk to him tomorrow. I have a feeling, you know, it's like that thing where, you know, something really good happens to you and you're like, God, I'm on top of the world. And then 10 minutes later, you're like, ah, I still am upset. What if that's like this? I need like a daily Jack's journal, but like an honest one, not one of those fluffy bullshit ones he's going to post every day. I will say this. The baby, I'm sure, is beautiful. Congratulations. I do mean that in all sincerity. There is no way they are listening, but it really is amazing to, to actually bring a baby into this world. No joke. I think that is amazing. I'm so happy it is healthy. Um, and Brittany, obviously, I, th I think she had a very long labor for when I'm hearing. Thursday's episode, I'll have way more details. I have a guest coming on that will be able to talk a little bit more about this. Um, and I'm excited to talk to this person on the show about more Jax and Brittany information. But this is, it's here, baby. It's go time. The baby is here. We all got to be ready because we got to parent this kid as hard as Jax does. We got to make up for Jax's mistakes. That's all I'm saying. So they did this with the baby. Now we got to step in and we got to make sure this baby is raised right. You know what I'm saying? We got to make sure this baby is cool. And also, you know, Jax, how he was posting. I always find this hysterical. He was posting all of that crap. He was posting all of that crap where he was like, my baby's going to hook up with all the female babies, which is just like, Leave a little room for your baby to be gay. You know what I'm saying? Leave a little room. He's like, oh, my baby's going to fuck Stassi's baby and Lala's baby and Sheenert's baby, you know? Um, is Sheena's baby a boy? No, Sheena's baby is a girl. Um, so I think that's always super weird. And did you guys see Bo? Uh, he's doing commercials with the baby and it's... It's... Uh, 
I didn't love it. Um, but anyways, this is day one. We got a lot of, I'm not going to blow my energy on first day of Jack's baby news, but I was prepared for this. I am blocked by little baby couchy on Instagram. So it's like son, like father. I like that, you know? Okay. You guys, uh, I want to get right to this interview. Uh, this is something a little different. This reminds me a little bit of, uh, Samuel Burke, who I had on a couple weeks ago, the CNN reporter. It's a little to the left of what I usually do, but I think in the best way, uh, uh, my next guest, her name is Gabby Conti, and uh, I, you know, I give her the whole introduction when we start the podcast. But she is so cool. She wrote a book uh, called "The Twenty Guys You Date in Your Twenties," and we have the biggest conversation about dating. But she also is a host, and uh, she uh, on this uh, show called Hollywire, and it's all about TikTok stars. So we get into De- Charlie D'Amelio. We get into uh, Olivia Rodrigo, the girl that drove driver's license. We kind of go all over the place, but the dating stuff is really good. Plus, guys, I discover in this that she is in one of my favorite Vanderpump Rules episodes and that she was in Millionaire Matchmaker. So this is a perfect guess. I think you're going to really like this. I hope you do because I love these where it's not completely tied to reality and we get to kind of have a real conversation about life and love and all the funny stuff that goes with both of those. So please tell me how you like it. I really love it. And then uh, Thursday, I'll be back with a with a very big, uh, you know, a big Bravo geek like myself, and we will be going into all the news. Plus, on Thursday, I will be reviewing The Hills New Beginnings Season 2 trailer and The Family Karma Season 2 trailer. So, without further ado, here is Gabby Conti and all hail Cruise Couchy. gentlemen welcome to wednesday we have made it halfway through the week now and to do that we are celebrating with my next guest i am so wait hold on a sec gabby my my computer just one sec okay weird okay okay can you hear me all right on that end I can. I hear you perfectly. Okay, and perfect. Can you hear me? Okay. Do you totally? Uh, you got. I mean, you have a beautiful. You have a beautiful mic. Jeez. Yeah. Well, I actually that's something I'd, I'd love to plug. I have a podcast. I'm working on a podcast that hasn't been released yet, but if it's possible to tease. Oh it, hell yeah! Heck yeah. Hell yeah! Yeah. Please. Okay. It's a, it's a it's a true crime and dating podcast. Oh, we'll definitely be talking about that. Okay, cool. Okay, so, okay, try it again. Five, four, three, two, one. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Wednesday. We have made it halfway through the week, and to celebrate, uh, I have my next guest with us. I'm so excited to talk to her. She is somebody, you can say it with me, that I met on Instagram, uh, fascinated by their lives, and now I have a platform so I can reach out and talk to these people. Let me just give you a couple of the things that she's done, because this is, I mean, she's female, so I I, I don't think I can be her, but her career is something I'm so envious of. Uh, so she's an author, a dating expert, a host, a writer, a comedian. Her book is called 20 Guys You Date in Your 20s, which I cannot wait to, to ask about because I, I want to know the, the guys. Um, she wrote for Cosmo. She was featured in Daily Mail, which you guys know is one of my dreams. Uh, she's appeared on Access Hollywood, Inside Edition. Um, she also is the host on Hot on Hollywire, uh, which I believe uh, is 
these like Gen Z and TikTokers. And she's going to have to explain that to me because I think I've aged out of a lot of cool things. And she just told me she has a podcast that she is working on that involves dating and murder. And I can't I can't think of two things that would probably go better than dating and murder. So Gabby Conti, welcome to the show. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I, I've been a longtime listener, first time uh, guest. <laughs> um, I, you know, I well, I wanted, I could have kept going. That intro, you've done so many things that I felt that could have taken the whole hour. Yeah, there, we're done. This was a great yeah, podcast, they, Ryan. Yeah. Thank you well, so Gabby, much. Well, Gabby, get her book. It's how to get, no. Um, where are you from, I guess, originally? Um, I was born in New York and raised in Connecticut. Okay. When did you come out to Los Angeles? What was the dream? Were you sure. a theater actor as a kid? What, what? Well, big indoor kid, big theater kid in high school, but never <laughs> like got you call it indoor kid, big, <laughs> indoor uh, not moving my extremities did, outside. Yeah, yeah. Really? You know, my CD collection was mostly show tunes, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know, I had a lot of passion for theater. I never got any of the leads. I was always like double cast in the chorus. And then there was a trend in high school where I kept on getting cast as like prostitutes or sometimes like unconscious prostitutes or sometimes a Nazi prostitute. So like my parents didn't really want me to pursue that in college. I went to Emerson <laughs> College. I was uh, also a huge, uh, always into journalism, pop culture, like you read Entertainment Weekly front to cover growing up as a kid um, yeah. and wanted to, yeah. And like wanted to be an entertainment host, but also wanted to write. And also Anchorman had just came out. So I was like broadcast journalism uh, and then ended up at Emerson pursuing both broadcast journalism and writing for television, which is kind of how the whole like writing comedy stuff came to be. You've so done I, all the yeah. things that I should have done. And now <laughs> I'm hosting a daily podcast, but um, I, I got to go back to the prostitutes in high school. I yeah, was thinking yeah. about my theater experience in high school. And I find it so funny now that they would entrust us, you know, your theater teachers or directors, you'd be like, you're going to play a 50 year old man that lost his job. You know, you're going to play <laughs> Willie Loman in Death of a Salesman. Like what, you know, you shouldn't be quote unquote playing prostitutes unconscious or otherwise, but in high school theater, the sky's the limit. Yeah, uh, it was Neil Simon's California Suite. I was an unconscious <laughs> hooker, which is uh, basically Weekend at Bernie's, like that, like yeah. all that. And then um, I finished my high school theater career in cabaret playing Fraudline Cost, who is the Nazi prostitute who sang the Nazi national anthem to a theater of mostly Jewish students right around Hanukkah. So uh, that was the what, beginning and end. I mean, of my what a way career. to go out in high school. That's, that's <laughs> yes, huge. yes, yeah, um, huge. What do you think it is about pop culture that fascinates us? Why do you think, and, and, and it doesn't, I thought it would, I would grow out of it. I thought, uh, you know, and it turns out it just gets more intense. And I know you're not huge into reality shows, but I wanted to talk to you about all the, like, but you seem obsessed in a, in a, in a similar way. What do you think it is that makes us all this passionate? I think it's a mix. I feel like it starts with fandom and then it kind of builds off that. Uh, like I was definitely the kid who had, I mean, I was a fan of the musicals I went, maybe it started with Broadway, maybe it started going to see these plays and like getting to meet the actors backstage and then realizing that's not how movies or TV works. And then just kind of growing up around that. My mom was also very like Hollywood obsessed growing up. So I think maybe that was part of it too. Um, but I think, you know, I was a fan of all the heartthrobs in the, I, I grew up who in like- Who were your the, guys back in the day? Oh my God, were, Jonathan were, Taylor Thomas. <laughs> JTT baby, JTT, all right. Eric Von Denton from the movie Brink, I thought was a total babe. <laughs> <laughs> I was really into um, Reese from Malcolm in the Middle. Uh, Justin Burfield, I think his name was. Like, I didn't like Malcolm. Wow, you really had like into... deep cuts. You yeah, had deep, deep cuts. And then John Mayer, that started. Okay, now John. Because he's from the hometown next to mine. 
So I'm from Westport, Connecticut. He's from Fairfield, Connecticut. You're Fairfield practically County. married then. Yeah. Practically married. We both have hazel eyes. Like I just, you know, all these things would have just been great for us, uh, but it didn't work out. It's fine. <laughs> now, when you were a little Gabby Conti and you heard uh, My Body is a Wonderland, I mean, was that a very emotional moment for you? You know what? I am not a fan of that song. <laughs> no, it's I weird. Mean- I was, uh, it was his first album. It was Room for Squares. I loved yeah. that. And I loved how it kind of had that blend of like pop, but also the smooth jazz that my parents grew up playing. And I, his song Neon, that was like the first song I really fell in love with and then would later see him play it live in concert. And I've turned a lot of people who hate John Mayer into John Mayer fans. He's uh, managed to him. exceed expectations in every time something bad happens for him, he kind of rebuilds it. Um, but it cracks me up to no end that he plays with the Grateful Dead. And I always right. like to imagine young girls that have a crush on him going to a Grateful Dead show and going, what the hell is this? What is going on? Thank God I was in my like 20s when that happened and not in my teens because I would have been that John Mayer fan. Uh, but, you know, after I read Jessica Simpson's book, I, I really... Oh. Yeah, I had a time. I listened to that on audiobook. You guys, I've talked about it on the podcast. I think it's called Open Book by Jessica Simpson. And the paperback actually has additional chapters on it. But the chapters about John Mayer, because because we've all, I mean, you know, I haven't dated a guy ever, but like we've all, (laughs) I've heard girls talk about like, that type of guy, that type of guy yes. that kind of was so smart, so witty. And, and it seemed like really controlled her and messed with her head. And then I realized I dated that guy a bunch. And that's probably why I had this crazy obsession with John Mayer. Cause deep down, I always knew he was kind of an asshole and kind of controlling and manipulative. And then to read that in Jessica Simpson's book, it was like really eye opening. And I was like, why am I still praising this guy? And can we separate the music from the person? And that's kind of where I am right now. Well, and I also think about that too in in terms of relationships, or I think about this a lot, and especially because reality shows kind of heighten romance in, and especially like, like The Bachelor or The Bachelorette mm-hmm. is, you know, and this kind of ties into your book, I think maybe a little bit is is when when you're in love or, you know, people in love, do we almost have to dismiss, I mean, it just, I don't think we ever understand it. It seems like each relationship is different and, you know, are we allowed, I mean, of course we're allowed to write certain people off that, that cross physical boundaries and things like that. But it's sometimes questions of like, there's always, it seems like an asshole in, in the relationship. One person is always, if it doesn't work out, one person is always the jerk, but it just depends on which side of the story you're on. Well, what is it? There's three sides to a story. It's like one person's side, the other person's side and the truth, right? Yeah. yeah so yeah. like, that I think is also part of it. I'm sure that if you talk to the guys I wrote about in my book, they would be like, she was an asshole. She was crazy. She carried Underwood in my car. Like, I don't know. Wait, so wait, sure did you carry Underwood no, somebody's car? No, I mean, I bought, I've sung that song in karaoke, but I've never actually slashed anyone's tires. Um, we're going to be dancing around all around here. So I wanted to talk about the book. It, it, you know, so it's, it's the 10 guys you date in your twenties. No, there's 20, 20. Oh God, there's 20. Yeah. Well here it's not, it's not just, it's my perspective as a straight woman dating in my twenties. And I was a serial dater. I went on easily 10,000 hours worth of dates in my twenties because I was single for most of my twenties and dating apps came out in my like early to mid twenties. And I was a very active user on all of that. So I went on a lot of dates and I talked to my girlfriends and I went through therapy and I kind of isolated. It's more of these 20 types of relationships. So someone you're dating could be multiple types of guys because it's it's less like the guy who breaks your heart. And it's more like the guy who's older than you, the guy who's better looking than you, the guy who ghosts, you know, it's like all these different things. So that could be one person technically. 
So I have a friend right now that that she was talking about like she has like three dates this next week or like she had two. She has another one on Thursday and she's like, I'm going to slow down after this. I've never been on a dating app. I've never and I'm so scared to even I mean, for so many reasons. But I think about that and I think the people that do the dating apps, even just talking to her, I'm like, you're so brave. Like you are so why would we do this to ourselves? I explain why we would put ourselves on an app and put ourselves through this. It's not safe in any sort of way. Yeah. And that's actually what a podcast that I'm, I'm working on, which is not released yet. But if you follow me on social media, you'll be the first to know it's called, am I dating a serial killer? And it's coming out later, but it, a lot of the, we bring people on who tell us their red flag dating stories. And a lot of them have met their significant other on a dating app. And I met my fiance on Bumble. So it can work out. And just, uh, just so to be clear, your fiance is not a serial killer. Correct? Well, I mean, there's no red flags, but maybe that's the red flag. Leave room for it. That's all I'm saying. And I'm Possibly. not saying it's not going to work, but just saying, be open to the possibility. He could be open. He could be a serial killer. Maybe that is the red flag. Uh, but, you know, I think that happens that I think that, yeah, dating apps are very scary. And I actually learned a lot of tips from this, the whole thing about that maybe keeping, if you're going on dating apps, you can meet someone great. Like I think I am, I, I know so many people that have relationships and marriages from people they met on a dating app, but you have to be safe about the way you do that. You have to do a background check. Uh, also not giving your number away, which is something I always did, which is now looking back, I can't believe I did that. Keep it on the app until you meet them and decide this is someone I want to pursue, then give them your number because you could easily block them on the app. Also Bumble is like, so protective. If you reach out to Bumble and you're like, this guy was crazy or this girl was crazy, whatever, they will always take the victim side and they'll, they'll get the person off the app and protect you. So in your opinion, what's the worst kind of guy? The, the, the one who's not self-aware. So like, he just has no self-awareness about his behavior. He puts yeah. you through hell, has yeah. no empathy towards that. Anything. Yes. I mean, those are, these are also probably characteristics of a serial killer, right? <laughs> so basically I, what we're telling everybody listening, if you are going on a bad date, that person is a serial killer. I mean, it's obvious they're all- well, it's, but then it's, there's all like serial killer, sociopath, cheater. Um, you know, there's all these things that he could fall under or she could fall under. Cause it, I mean, it's mostly men statistically. It is mostly men who follow, follow, we have these characteristics, but it could be women too. Yeah. Is there anything that you've noticed in terms of women and dating that women are like, that, that they do just wrong off the bat or they just, it's like, could you write a companion piece of the, uh, the girls that men date in their twenties? I've been wanting to do that. Cause I would love to do, I do think that these, these types go both ways because the way my book is set up is each chapter is my own story in that type of relationship. And then there's like fun charts and quizzes, like you're flipping through your favorite magazine. And then the end is a section where I interview, uh, my ex. And then I interview a couple who has, has overcame this obstacle. So a you couple where, your ex? how long, wait, oh, yeah. how long were you and your ex dating for that you interviewed them after all, like... all of them? I did. I interviewed there's, I interviewed 19 guys I used to date for the book. Oh my. So this is, this is <laughs> my favorite movies and book, uh, high fidelity with John Cusack, yes. where he goes back and he tracks down like his, to, you know, his past relationships to kind of see if it gives answer on why he can't keep a, the, the his present girlfriend. Um, I mean, that to me is just a fascinating social experiment, but also something once again, that I'm like, why would you put yourself through that? The, I mean, I was going through a breakup at the time too that I wasn't <laughs> anticipating because the last oh. chapter is guy who's your person. And I thought that was going to be the person I ended up with, but we ended up going through a breakup as I was writing the book. 
So uh, it was kind of therapeutic to reconnect with all my exes and realize that there was a reason that they were an ex. There was a reason the relationship didn't work out. Um, and, and some, you know, some guys didn't want to talk. And I quoted them by saying, I don't want to talk. And that was their quote. <laughs> what, if, what if it was like 17 of them didn't want to talk? <laughs> it was, there was, I would say I, I, at least half of them wanted to talk. And I think there was at least five, maybe more. And it's funny because I, I, I do the, the thing where I read the bad reviews about my book. And there's some people that this book has upset because I guess I just put myself out there. And some of a very common bad review is, I mean, everyone, no one had a problem with this girl. I'm like, are you not seeing the guy that didn't have a comment? Of course they had a problem with me. I know I'm partially the problem. Like, I'm were aware. you scared though? To were you scared to find out these things that you might not have known? I mean, you, I mean, inwardly, you probably knew why things didn't work out, but were you scared to find specifics or to dredge up all of these memories? I was scared to reconnect to guys that things had kind of ended either abruptly, suddenly, like there was a, like the guy who ghosted me, I literally hadn't heard from, I tracked him down, he talked to me. Uh, there was like a college boyfriend that we were pretty serious. I hadn't spoken to him in years. Like, so it was harder to go through those type of guys. Um, but I don't think, I mean, I'm, I, I consider myself to be pretty self-aware and I also journal and I, I kind of had like, I, I knew exactly why it didn't work out, I guess, but it was kind of like more closure than anything. But now that you're engaged, are you kind of like missing the road, like a stand-up comedian? Like, ah, I miss dating all these guys. I've off, I don't, off, I, was, I said that to my fiance the other day. I don't miss like the intimate part or all that stuff. Oh, I, miss, yeah, yeah. I miss the first date. I like, I, there's something that was so thrilling about a first date. You have me. no fear. Like, I know. There are no, cause this is, this is what I find fascinating is there. It seems like there's two types of people, people like me that I think about a first date. I could, I could do an eight hour podcast with eight different people. I'd be totally fine. If you put me in a first date scenario, I'll, 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 I'll fall apart. I'll sweat it out. I'll, I'll, I'll just falter at the gate. And you seem like you're like, Oh, I love first dates. I have a friend that's like, Oh, I, I do so good on first dates. I'm like, what? Well, that is true. I think first dates are easy. And so that's, that's a giant red flag. If someone bombs their first date, like Thank you, that Gabby. was their I best know. impression. I know. I'm telling you, I'm bombing every, like there's no. Well, maybe your first dates need to be FaceTimes and not in person because you're clearly good at like the whole podcast, like Skype. Oh, wait, thing, wait, right? should, wait, should my first dates be a podcast? Should I interview yeah. them like in a podcast yeah, format? I think okay, you should. Perfect. And then you feel comfortable with them. So then when you're on the first date, you're like, cool. <laughs> That's it perfect. does. I wrote an article in Cosmo about doing video calls with this was pre pandemic back when I was dating. I video uh, uh, called three guys before going on dates with them, and it made the first date a lot easier. It really did. I just, I, to me, it's like you're, you're scaling Everest here. Like, this yeah. is like, I can't believe you would. And then to dredge up these memories, I find it just so fascinating. What is the worst date you've been taken on? And I don't mean, I don't want like, I'm not talking about like something gross physical or anything like yeah. that, but has there been a horrible date that you've been taken on? Uh, sure. Um, well, yeah. Uh, in my 30 dates in three days, which I did after my book. Uh, wait, so wait, explain I... that you did, you did oh. <laughs> 30 dates. See, this is what I'm saying. You're like, you're like a daredevil. You're like, like evil Knievel, but with you did 30 dates in three days. Yeah. That's what I was in the daily mail for. So that's was, how I have to get in the daily mail. By yeah. Going you have to go on 40 dates and 40, 40 dates in two days, maybe <laughs> two maybe days. I do it. Really do it. it. Um, yeah, I, it was for a cosmopolitan article. I attempted to go on 30 dates in three days. Uh, and, and I wrote about it and, uh, yeah. And then it got, people got, were really mad that I went on that many dates. <laughs> because wait, were they mad because they're like, you're leading all these guys on? 
No, because I really wasn't like, I honestly had did that. I was at a point where I was, I was ready to find a relationship, but I was, I had kind of lost my mojo in dating because this was after my breakup and I, I used to love dating and I hated it. I dreaded it. So I started recording myself on my Instagram story, like these things called daily date before and after a date, kind of like keep holding myself accountable to actually go on these dates. And did not these cancel. guys follow you? Some did. And then that was the last date. And then the 30 dates. And then, then my editor at Cosmo was like, can we do something with this? And I'm like, yeah, how about 30 dates in 30 days? And she's like, been done. How about 30 dates in three days? And I was like, can I do it? And then it kind of came a challenge, but it was helpful. Like I really, my intention was to meet someone and I, I met a lot of people that weren't right for me. Um, I mean, but you, met, you met 30 people that 30 people. Right yeah. Some, some flaked, but they still counted. Uh, well, cause it's LA, you know, people <laughs> flake. Um, Did you flake on any of the dates? No, I would say the last, no, no. The last one he flaked. Yeah. The last one he flaked. I didn't flake on any of them. They all flaked on me. They all canceled on me. It was like, I, so it really was more like 25 because I think at least five guys canceled. <laughs> is it right if I ask a bunch of more questions? I'm just sure, go for it. I know. I know. My first thought is, I mean, we got to sell this as a movie, how to lose a guy in 10 days. I mean, it's a yeah. similar, did we, did you sell this yet? No, I, I mean, well, my book is currently being adapted into a movie, but still really early, early, like we're still in the development phases of it. Um, I would love to do a movie about 30 dates in three days, um, but it's, I don't think it would be like how to lose a guy in 10 days because it's how to lose a guy in 10 seconds. Tell him you have 29 more dates coming up. <laughs> Wait, would you do things on the date of like, now I'm going to throw him this curveball to see how he reacts? Was it like a science experiment? It, I mean, technically on paper, it was a social experiment, but my motive with all of this was I was genuinely looking for a connection. I was genuinely hoping to find a connection, find someone. And I, I really learned the whole thing. Like no date is a waste of time because on, on the dates, you're going to learn what you like and you're going to learn what you don't like. And every date kind of gets you closer to finding what you're looking for, whatever that is. I, I think this is going to be a yes off the bat, but I'll ask it anyways. <laughs> Have you applied to be on The Bachelor? Okay. So here's the thing. I've thought about this so many times, like, and also I'm a late adapt. You would think that I would like have been more into the bachelor early on. Yeah. That it feels like your thing. I know. I didn't start watching it until Caitlin Bristow season, um, uh, and loved her, fell in love with her and then fell and then could not stop watching the franchise. Um, I feel like I was always like dating a guy while the show was on. That was like never my boyfriend, but someone I was like, well, he would be really upset if I went on the show and like probably looking back, <laughs> He'd be really he, upset. Now I know he like wouldn't care. Um, <laughs> and then when my my time came, uh, I met my I met my fiance. And I was because I was in I was in a relationship towards the end of my twenties, so I couldn't apply then. And then I was now I'm now I'm in a I'm I'm engaged, so I, I can't apply now. I mean, um, but at a certain point, you might need to sit him down and go. This is kind of my bread and butter. I got to keep dating, you know. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the other thing too, I will say, I have been on two dating reality shows before. Uh, spill it, Gabby. What? Come on. What are you? What are we doing <laughs> and here? And so, what? because of that, I feel like I had kind of I had two bad experiences on dating reality shows. And so after that, I think that's kind of why I never watched The Bachelor for a while because I was like triggered by it, and why I never was like I should seriously apply to be on The Bachelor. I feel like I've hit I've hit gold. Like where jackpot? Where where where? What two shows were you on, and what were the horrible experiences? Okay, um, so I was at a club in Beverly Hills, and sure. this girl came, girl came up, to, and I was with a guy who, in my book, is the guy who texts you sup at two a.m. He was a booty call I dated off and on for eight years. Oh my so god, I, the the guy that texts on sup. Summer House, which you don't watch. No, I, I need to after listening so, to your. Podcast, I'm like, I need to watch the show where people hang out in bed all the time. It sounds great. <laughs> the girls, 
the girls uh, said Luke, one of the guys in the house, uh, was texting the other girl at nine after nine p.m. and said that's mm. a no no. That is no. or is there is there hours on guy there, texts? I think what it is, it's like I, I think the whole come over thing. Yeah, it definitely is a booty call if it's like after dinner hours. Um, it's a little different if it's like, hey, I just got off work, like want to grab a drink. Uh, but yeah, I think there are definitely. The later in the night it goes, the more spontaneous of a plan it is. It does kind of sound like a, a hookup and not something serious. Okay. So, so I just have a thousand questions. Yeah, oh, so yeah, yeah. Two, the two experiences, what were they? You were at a club in Beverly Hills. So I was at a club in Beverly Hills. I was trying, I was with the guy who I thought I was dating, but he thought I was just a hookup buddy. And I was really desperately trying to take him to brunch. And that never happened. But I'm at this club with him and my friends. And this woman comes up to me and she goes, have you ever considered dating a millionaire? And I was like, yeah, I have. But like, yes, I, I have actually thought about dating a millionaire. Yeah. I, but I, I think this guy's my boyfriend. So like, let me ask him if he's okay with me going on a show where I could potentially date a millionaire. So I told him, he's like, yeah, you should do it. And I'm like, okay, so we're clearly not a thing. Yeah. So I kind of like, <laughs> so you're like, damn it. So I like, I accepted this lady's offer to be on um, Millionaire Matchmaker, which turned out to be Millionaire Matchmaker. <gasps> with Patty to, like, Sanger? With Patty Sanger to basically prove this guy wrong. <laughs> Oh my God. Because I was amazing. like, I'm going to prove to you that you don't think I'm boyfriend material, a girlfriend material. I'm going to prove to you that not only am I wife material, I am millionaire wife material. So and I'll, yeah, you, you're showing him. Yeah. Showing him. But it turns out the casting process for that was not actually trying to see if I was compatible with these millionaires that they had picked out. I had, I had did the stupid thing where I said I did stand up comedy and I didn't know that they had brought me on the show to be I equate this to William Hung of uh, of American, American Idol. Idol. Like they had brought me on to be, they, like I don't even have a plot. Like they just show my thing as like, this loser thinks she can date a millionaire. What a mistake. Uh, and so that's how Patty like treated me. Like I went on, I was with, you're with other people. You're with like three other women when you go uh, in. You she, were like, the loser of the- I was the... the loser. And I didn't even like, you see me cut. It's like right before they cut to commercial or like the bumper, like Patty's like, you're unfit to date a millionaire. At what Sweet point did art. you realize it wasn't going your way on set? Like, it, it, when did you? Oh, um, I think I should have put it together when they never asked me questions about what I was looking for or any of that. That, <laughs> that my my audition was literally a headshot session, which I really wish I had those photos because I was so broke at the time I could have used the headshot that they took of me. And then went in there, and yeah, and there was me, and like, oh, also I should have noticed this. I was the youngest one there by far. Like everyone else was much older than me because the guys were much older, but they they kind of like make it, they don't tell you that at first. They're like, you realize like if someone actually is a millionaire, they're like probably 60. And you're like, okay, well, I'm already here. So like, yeah, you're I like, I did I could say I wanted to date a millionaire. I mean, yeah, I guess they're 60. That's how it goes. Also got to prove that asshole wrong that I am millionaire <laughs> wife material. Wait, so you obviously didn't prove it with this, but what I love is that you were so determined that, you did this again on another reality show. Well, okay, so then the same the same casting directors had reached out to me and they brought me in for something that was a little, they asked me questions this time. So yeah, did like, you say you're not going to pay me as a loser this time? Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, no, you don't get paid. I didn't get paid to be on, you don't get paid to be on Millionaire Matchmaker. You did this to a blow to your ego for free. Yeah, for free. It was not only free, it was like hours. I remember like being in hold. It's not in Beverly Hills. It's like in Marina Del Rey. You're like in holding for hours, hours and hours. And I, I, and they didn't give us food. I had to ask them if they, if we could have food because we were there for like such a long time. They finally ordered Subway. Like, you know, it's like a whole... (laughs) Thing. Breakfast of millionaires, yeah. <laughs> Breakfast of millionaires. Um, and so yeah, so that was so that was that. So after that, the casting agents they were like, hey, you know, we have this other reality show. And I was like, I will not go on Millionaire Matchmaker again. I had a terrible experience. I even 
wrote a Hello Giggles article about it, which became first uh, byline and became how I got into blogging, which eventually would lead to writing for Cosmopolitan. Yeah. So I am grateful for that. I was able to turn into something. Um, but yeah, they brought me in and they're like, we have this new dating show. They're all these guys. They're like single for some reason. And like, we want you to come on to potentially like date these guys. And like, you know, I think they're all catches, like all this stuff. And I'm like, okay, sure. <laughs> like, so have they- you ever thought about dating a millionaire without any arms or legs? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess I have. Yeah. They're like, these guys are single for some reason. We won't tell you why. Uh, but so I go on this show. I'm on like maybe like four or five episodes. I'm getting like a lot of camera time in the back. Of my well, you're on multiple episodes of this show. This show. Yeah. But they never get me in the, I'm never in a confessional. I'm never talking directly. What to show is this? So they told us at the time that the name of the show was called um, Match Me If You Can. That's what they said the name of the show was called. Okay. And like, these guys, they're all great. They're all catches, but they're just single for some reason. And so we think that they need help. And so we have these matchmakers here or dating coaches who are going to help them get, like, fix them so they can date you and they could be catches for you. And I'm like, okay, great. So I'm on this show. I'm on, like, a bunch of episodes, but never, never a confessional. And um, uh, we f- I find out when the show airs that the show's name was not Match Me If You Can. It was called Making Mr. Right. And that we were decoys and the, the matchmakers weren't matchmakers. They were single ladies who were trying to make these men into their perfect man. Oh my God. What did this air on? Was it sounds Fox? Is this Fox? VH1. 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 Wow. Rock of Love, Flavor yeah, of Love. So yeah. Yeah. Hands. It had only one season. Did you retire from your TV experiences after that? What I mean, after that, I was I was just like, but I I got like, and then and then I was also I was on um, Nicole Richie's show, Candy Nicole. I played her tall friend on an episode. Oh, about v- her that being was another short. VH1. That was also too. VH1. Yeah. So I think that came from that in the long run. And so, by the way, fun fact, you guys, she doesn't know a lot about it, but she was on an episode <laughs> of Vanderpump Rules. Because you're friends with Kristen Doty, right? Well, yeah. So I met Kristen actually before I became friends with her. So what had happened with that? And and now I watched, I watched all of Vanderpump Rules after that, uh, after that experience. But what had happened was um, I do comedy and I do sketch writing and my friend, uh, Jacqueline Marfuji, who I think, yes. is that how I know you? Okay. Well, no, I, yeah. I mean, I, I know Jacqueline. I know and, of like, you. I know you were on her so, podcast or she was on No, yours? I was on Annabelle's podcast, but Jacqueline, yeah. There's, I love Annabelle. Know. I've also been on yeah. Annabelle's podcast. That's how I'm like, how do we, why do I follow? him now I know I get it why did I start listening to this podcast this it's is insane. it this is it. this world um so basically so Jacqueline and I were and and Rachel O'Brien we were all doing uh stand-up together at the time and uh Rachel and Jacqueline had asked me that they are like oh we, they knew I had background in sketch comedy and they're like hey you know we're trying to start a sketch comedy group with Kristen who were is you in-, in the sketch comedy episode at the improv where oh, they did yeah. the dick pic yes were you in the you were in the dick pic episode uh-huh. with Jacqueline I, was Jax's wrote- dick I wrote that sketch. I printed out that photo. I didn't, <laughs> Kristen did not tell me that it was Jack's dick. I had no idea. She told me she you found guys, the picture. You guys, if you guys don't remember, this is an iconic episode. Remember, you know, Kristen and Ariana. Ariana takes sketch comedy very seriously. Kristen, but remember they did the, the and then Brittany was there and Jax's dick was the one that they used in the painting. You were on, I, I need to go back. Oh yeah, my God, so you're a celebrity. Much, what are you talking I think, about? I have much shorter hair. I have the lower third Kristen's friend, which I, I treasure to this day. Wow. Um, and yeah, I was like, the, I, I, it was a commercial for a app that would change uh, dick pics into pieces of art, but it did a bad <laughs> job at doing that. 
So I wrote that sketch and we You are the it. writer of that sketch. Of and the we, dick pic sketch. Yes, yes. That is insane. Like, yes. I love that in my warped brain, I'm like, why didn't you, <laughs> why isn't this the first line of your bio? Like, I'm like, why do you put the book and all that? I feel like no, this should be the I, first you're right, line. You're right, you're right, you're right, you're um, right. No. I love people that have been out in LA for a while because our careers like seem to go 80 billion <laughs> different directions. Yes. And it's, you know, I was talking to uh, somebody yesterday and, and I was just like, I start, I'm, you start to feel like Forrest Gump in a way. Cause I was like, Oh yeah. Like I remember being on like the Charlie's angels set when I first came out to LA, like, you're just like these weird pop culture moments or you're like, you always see Jay Leno in a denim shirt driving a classic car mm -hmm. in LA, you know, you know who I keep seeing. I feel like that's the thing. You always see there's one celebrity who you keep seeing at different types in your times in your life. Right. Yeah. Um, for me, I keep running into the guy from this is us who plays the actor son. He's like everywhere. And I'm like, is he following me? Like what's going on? But that's such an LA thing that there's like one celebrity who's like your shadow somehow. And it's unexplainable. Wait, who is yours? Uh, the guy from This Is Us who plays the actor's son. Oh, I forget okay. his, I don't know his name, but like I, I've seen him like twice within a month and I'm like, what is this? Mine used to be Andy Dick and it was, it was really, it was sometimes scary. Um, Andy Dick asked me to be his girlfriend once and I said yes. And so I think we're still dating because he never- Was he one of the guys you dated in your twenties? <laughs> no, he came, Wait, up to me at Pally he came up to me at Pally House one night. He was- Oh, I remember wasted. Pally House very- Dude, I used to run, I used to run a bar called Monroe's on Melrose and Huntley. It was like a little, like right down the street from Earth Cafe and stuff. And Andy Dick would just like, we would sometimes leave the back door unlocked and it would be like three in the morning and Andy Dick would just be opening a door and he yep. bit one of my bouncers one time. Oh no. Yeah, he. There would just be times when he was not sober. This um, was one of the times. Yeah, he he came up to me. He he wouldn't leave me alone. He held my hand. He asked me to be his girlfriend. And I said sure to like try to get him to leave me alone. And then he did like disappear into the night. And I never. Like, and, then we, him and then we dated for a couple months. Sure. We dated. He's the guy who's older. Yeah, <laughs> a, I love if one of the twenty is. guys is Andy Dick. Andy it's not Dick. even a type of guy. It's Andy it's Dick Andy. specifically. <laughs> um, that's amazing. What can we tell? Or I mean, I guess what advice do you have for girls in dating and especially I think in Los Angeles and then do you have any advice for guys when they're dating sure I think it goes both ways um I definitely check out my book no but besides that shame no shame. I'm excited to read your book like yeah, I, I'm gonna actually, send it to you I can't wait I uh I mean that's what I was like I was like I, I'm gonna I, I've been thinking about dating so much lately and I've been talking about to people about their dating stories and it's one of those things that it just every time somebody tells me a dating story I get scared Shit. And I've had a horrible dating. So like, I, I, I've just been littered with horror. Like I one time was so nervous. I left my car running during <laughs> no. a date. Like I didn't even, I was so in my head that I closed the door. Didn't realize it was running. The date went well. And she was like, let's go to a second location. I was like, yeah, my car's over here. And then we were walking up the Beverly center parking lot. And all of a sudden it was like filled with black smoke. And Counting Crows was playing and I was like, I love Counting Crows. And then all of a sudden I realized it was coming from my car and it had been running for two hours. Um, yeah. Anyway. So, I mean, those things run through your mind once you have a bad one and you're like, I'm cursed for the rest of my life. Yeah. Well, I don't think you're cursed. I also think that, you know, that doesn't sound like you did. That was like nervousness. Right. And the oh, right person. Yeah. yeah. So I, I really think like the, my best dating advice is, is obviously to keep doing it, but like know your boundaries, know your red flags, know your deal breakers, stick with that. 
accept people for who they are. People tell you on a first date exactly who they are. And it's not the nervousness stuff because I don't think if, if anything, I see that as being adorable. It's like, you were so nervous because you were for this date. Like that's not a red flag. Yeah, like, but Unless that, it creates know. a flood from the sweat, you float out of there together. That's not adorable, you know? <laughs> no, but it was like, I mean, I, to me, it's like people tell you exactly who they are on a first date. Listen to them. Don't try to change people. Don't think that you could fix someone or save them. This is who they are. And the at girls the end, always, you always see that on oh. uh, the Twitter joke of like I can save him no you can't you can't I tried that like girls want to save him is it just a mothering instinct is it it's a mothering instinct and it's it's also maybe it's a Disney complex thing you know you watch these Disney movies you grow up with these Disney movies like all of those Disney princes there's something wrong with them also they're all prince charming which I think anyone that's charming that's like a sign (laughs) that they're hiding something like why are they so charming just be yourself bro so I think it's a combination of that and then also of watching The Bachelor and thinking that relationships uh move that quickly that that's it exactly well how do you think like media has affected the landscape of love where we're supposed to believe that these shows back like the the bachelor works on this premise that's ridiculous where that's you know if you guys have been in a relationship longer than six months you know that is not the reality and 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 in real dates you don't stumble upon like a wooded patch where the band train is playing randomly you know yeah and i i have that in my introduction of my book because it you know that only one out of all of the bachelor, so bachelor winning couples. So I'm talking about like, they picked this person at the final rose and they're still together. There's only one couple who has survived that. And that is like a 0.04 success rate on the show. So it does prove to you that that like the the speed, (laughs) great odds, the speed of that relationship is not healthy or real. Um, Bachelorette winners have a higher percentage of success rate. The highest rate of success is Bachelor in Paradise because I think that is the closest to what dating is, you know, minus the Chris Harrison or whoever's going to replace Chris Harrison. <laughs> Wait, you're taking it, it's, it like a, it's like a beautiful swim pool with like a, no, a bartender. It's, it's less that it's more that like the, that both of them are on equal playing field. They both get like, it kind of goes back and forth between who has the rose, who has the upper hand. Also like, it's not really glamorous on paradise. You know, you see them with their sunburned, uh, gross drunken self. I feel like it really, sh- I feel like bachelor in paradise, like shows people's true colors better than the rest of the franchises shows. Well, don't do. you ever feel like they should do Bachelor in like normal life? And yes, just, they like, should. Follow, I can't follow them to their shitty day job. Or now everybody's an influencer, so you would just follow them to like making tummy tea. Honestly, posts, you know? I think that was a missed opportunity during the pandemic because I I really had a hard time with the last two Bachelor and the double Bachelorette seasons because of like of how I mean it sucks that they had to shoot in there. But I would have rather have followed the lives of like real people meeting online and like talking and then, and then taking then letting these real people take this COVID test and like, <laughs> or, or, or get them together. And then like a year later, like, I, I think it needs to be contractually obligated that they have to stay together for a period of five years. And then there's like a year check-in where they do like a four episode series of like, just watching the dissolution of a relationship of like, we barely talk to each other anymore. I think Wait, that would be fascinating. Don't you want to, I want to watch the five years where they're contractually obligated to live with each other after the love has died. That's Yes. But by the way, I feel like that's marriage in a lot of ways for some people. It is. Um, is. We did your ever did your 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 fiance ever go like I'm worried that you were potentially a serial dater. Yes. Um, uh, right before around. So we hit the milestone. He was the one who asked me to be What's the milestone. Oh, the girlfriend. He asked me to be his oh, girlfriend. Gotcha, gotcha. Sorry. So he asked me to be his girlfriend. And then I feel like the next milestone was like saying the L word. And like, we both were like totally feeling it. And I had said it to him. And then he like got really mad. Cause he's like, this is just another Cosmo article. Isn't it? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I, I'd be like, like, are you wearing a wire Gabby? That's what I'd be like, right. constantly. who he am I talking that- to? 
he was worried about that. And it took, you know, it took a, but we finally, you know, he then realized that this was all real and that and he, realized also, he wasn't on a reality, he wasn't show. on a reality show. Also like Cosmo stopped taking my pitches because I'm in a relationship, but it's okay. I Call love us you, when you break up. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, they're like, you're like, we love your dating pieces. I'm like, I can't <laughs> date because I'm engaged. You've lost your mojo now that you're in love. Yeah. 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 So, um, uh, Okay, so uh, you are engaged now, uh, but your 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 tips for you know take somebody as they are in a date. They will tell you listen to them. But what are the other pitfalls that we fall into on those dates? Is it you know do you, are you recommending you know don't sleep with people immediately? That's always Patty Sanger from a Millionaire Matchmaker. Don't sleep yeah. with somebody on the first date. Do you have that specificity in your book? No, um, I, my thing is more that the first date should be less than an hour. Um, and I think what? that that, yeah, uh, I mean, you could break the rule if it's going really well, but if it's not going really, I think that an hour is a good amount of time for a first date. It was something I learned during my 30 dates in three days because that was the only way I could do it. But I actually was like, this actually works. And this is really great, especially when it comes to online dating, because I think what people do is a lot of people tend to go all out on the first date and then they're not being their true and authentic self. So I think show the person who you really are, do a casual first date, keep it to an hour. If it goes well, you can break your rule and you could go longer. If it's not going well, you have an out because you told them you're only were going to give them an hour of your time. And, and well, or you, if it's don't, going, you don't say like, you got an hour, impress me. You no, don't say no, 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 no. You, you could set up, you could tell them or you could decide not to tell them. It's kind of up to you. Say but like you, my aunt's dead and I need to go to a funeral. Yeah, or or like, even like beforehand, you could even say something along the lines of like, I really, look, I'm really busy this week, but I really want to meet you. Can we meet for a drink at this? I do at five, I have something at eight, but like, you know, something like that. Like, set it up that you have this limited amount of time, but you're making time for that. But then don't girls get offended that you're like, oh, he's giving me a timetable here. I Isn't wouldn't that... get offended. I would find that totally like, I would, I would be happy because I was like, I could plan something else after, you know, and then, it, and then also would feel that much more special if he wanted a second date. Um, when is it okay to ghost? Never. Like never ghost. Why? It, I think it's also bad karma. I feel like if you go someone, right? they're going to ghost you down the line. I think all you need to do is send them a text and say, you know, Hey, look, uh, this isn't like explain why you're ghosting very concisely and shortly. Um, and then if they keep harassing you, you block them and you ghost them. But I think give someone like uh, explain to them because people drive themselves crazy over this. And I really think it's a karma thing. I think it comes back to bite you. What are the, uh, in your opinion, like the best dating apps, the worst? I mean, are certain dating apps known for a certain type of person? I think dating apps are totally subjective. I think it, I think you should pick the dating app that you enjoy using the most. So for me, it was Bumble because I have no problem asking people questions. So wait, Bum Bumble's concept is you ask questions before? Women make the first move. So I would have to like, so if, if I match with a guy, I have to send him a message first for us to have a conversation. And would so you I didn't have do the same message for every guy. No, I would, I would base it off of his profile. So whatever caught my eye in his profile would ask him a question about that. What's up, sailor? Like, yeah, yeah, like, like yeah, exactly. Or... Or, yeah, or, or like his anything, like where he's from, <laughs> like what he looks like, or, you know, anything like that. But a lot of I've, I've, heard, I've spoken to women that are intimidated by that. That's like their worst nightmare. So I'm like, don't, then don't. Then don't then don't use that app. That's not the right app for you. Or something like Hinge, where it's kind of like you can mutually reach out to each other, and there's also all these icebreakers built into your profile, which kind of help people. Then maybe that's the right app for you. Uh, Tinder has had the reputation of being a hookup app, but I've also that's I know what I've people, heard. I know people who've gotten married off of Tinder. So again, maybe that's what you want at first, and then that develops into. But something those people are always like, I was just looking for quick sex, and we ended up getting married. Who it knows? Happens. You know? It happens. It happens. It um, happens. Raya is, you know, I, Raya is the celebrity one. 
one, right? Celebrity one. I I was on there for a beat. I got kicked off there. I got back on there. It was a long journey. Wait, why did you get kicked off Raya? <laughs> because of my 30 dates in three days article. I didn't mention Raya, but the asshole that I went on my one Raya date with was upset that I wrote an article and told Raya about it. So they kicked me off. You are the second person that got banned from Raya. The other person I think was on the podcast and they had, they had posted about it really quick in a story and it yep. somehow got back to Raya. And like, I mean, they seem really on it with that they're stuff. really on it but it's so annoying it's like like i've never met anyone interesting on raya like they're just so full everyone on that app is so full of themselves including myself i feel like i was my worst self when i was on that app so thank you for kicking me off the app. <laughs> um so once you uh i guess fell in love and got engaged you was there a point of like, well, I need to get into my hosting now. I need to, I need to move it no, on to a different direction. I was always hosting actually. And uh, the name of it, it's just Hollywire. I'm just on Hollywood. It's hot on Hollywire was the name of our show a while back, but that was always, um, I was, I was hosting for them off and on. So Hollywire, and, you can find where, where, where um, it's on YouTube. So we have a YouTube channel and I'm live on that YouTube channel Monday through Wednesday. And so if you're subscribed, you'll get notifications. And then I'm also on Samsung and Vizio TV as well. Yeah. I mean, it's awesome. You got like a whole, yeah. like, I mean, I grew up, uh, that nerd that watched, uh, the, the hour rock block of entertainment tonight and access Hollywood. And this seems to be that, I mean, like you, it's like all professionally shot beautifully. Yeah. I mean, and, and so, but you're, you're saying the, the Hollywire stuff you're dealing with like TikTokers and Gen Z and, and how yeah, do you, our you audience, about that? right. So our audience is primarily Gen Z. Um, and so, so our celebrities that we cover are celebrities that Gen Z is interested in. Also like millennials, like old younger millennials, I think as well. What is um, the so it was like learning Gen Z, new, just just to catch everybody. I think Gen know. Z, I, yeah, I think Gen Z is like you're currently a preteen, but it goes up to like early twenties now. Okay, so I just I just missed it by last last year was my last time as a Gen Z, I guess. <laughs> yes, exactly. By the way, yeah, I love when yeah, you were yeah, like, yeah. you were like, literally, she tried to size me up. Like, oh, does this guy think? Like, how old, old is? Ryan? Yeah, it's. I have a bone disease. It's like a bungee. <laughs> no, it's fine. No, no, no. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, so I think because I think that's what it is. Because I know, I think um, millennials, you are like late twenties, late thirties. It's like a ten year thing, right? I think. Yeah. Millennials was you were yeah like you you came of age in the two thousands or late nineties, right? Yeah, but you 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 said you know all about TikTok drama and they yeah. I mean this to me confuses me so much. Just like you said you don't like watch all the reality stars or the reality shows. I'm not, not No, just TikTok. housewives. I know nothing about housewives. Like the only thing I know about housewives is Lisa Vanderpump because I now know about Vanderpump rules. Like that's 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 what I know about housewives. Well, I mean, what how do you explain TikTok to somebody that isn't into TikTok? Because it seems like a whole nother streaming service now, but it's basically on these little, little films that people make. Right. So, um, well, there's the app TikTok, which is basically, I mean, it's, it's really a, a glorified Instagram story is really what the TikTok yeah. app is because it's everything from people doing these dances to these trends. And now people are like doing cooking videos on there. They're doing comedy videos on there. They're doing impressions, like, like the sky's the limit, or it's like short form YouTube. That's like, it's basically, it was Vine, like Vine, you know, is, is yeah, yeah, Vine. I remember, yeah. And so then what happened is like, it went, so when Vine was gone, it went to Musical.ly and then after Musical.ly came TikTok. So some of the TikTok stars have been doing this forever. A lot of the TikTok stars are also YouTubers and they do their short form content on TikTok and then they do their long form content on YouTube. Okay, and what, so you're interviewing these TikTokers and YouTubers and what is, I mean, you grew up, 
uh, loving celebrity and pop culture and things like that. What is the draw on TikTok now? Like, are these people real stars? Because somebody like me, I'm older. I write them off immediately. I'm saying, you're, what are you giving me? Like, I don't, and even Olivia Rodrigo, you know, I, I have my driver's license and I, and I have for many years now. So it doesn't have the same pull, but I remember artists like that when I was growing up of like, you know, that must be really a great song for somebody in their twenties or so, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I've seen this happen in different generations. What is the draw with TikTok? It's the T it's the TikTok T. So it has nothing to do with the app. It's the people that were on the app who have become these celebrities because all of these people on the app, they have millions of followers. So they have a big fan base. And during the pandemic in Hollywood, no one was going out. No mainstream celebrities were going out. These TikTok stars were, and every these, single these day, were, they were every out. single day, there was a new, there was something dramatic that was happening. Um, I don't know who said this, but someone said that the best teenage show is not on television. It is happening in the real lives of these TikTok stars. I, I, now that does pique my interest. And you guys, we did, there were tons of articles where they would like rent these Airbnb mansions in Hollywood and they were getting fined by the state. You know, these kids didn't seem to really care that there was a pandemic and uh, they really partied it up. So there was the big story. I think a lot of people know who Bryce Hall is. Uh, yes. They know him either as Addison Ray, and they know Addison Ray because it's Courtney Kardashian's I best friend. I think she was on right? Keeping Up with the Kardashians last and week. And she was yeah. on Keeping Up with the Kardashians. So we know of Bryce Hall as Addison Ray's now ex-boyfriend. Bryce Hall is the TikTok star whose power got shut off by the the city of Los that Angeles. That was him. Okay, now this that is starting him. to. Okay, now yeah. I'm starting. To, so Bryce Hall used to date Addison Ray. They broke up recently, right? But now here's the thing: Bryce Hall and Addison Ray's relationship is a whole other thing. I mean, this is the Ross and Rachel of TikTokers. This is the are they <laughs> aren't they off and on constantly? You can't like, and there's so, and then there's also ship culture, right? So if you ship, what, ship a couple, oh, you so, ship a couple, uh, yes. You ship them. So they have a ship named Bradison and these Bradison fans, they have Instagram accounts like updating you whenever Bryce likes Addison's photo or they unfollow each other or like any of that. There's stuff. a whole cottage industry around their romance, around their romance. And then there's also Instagram. There's also Instagram uh, tea or drama pages for this TikTok drama. So there's TikTok room and TikTok insiders. And these two platforms keep people up to date on all the drama that's going on. And when you piece these stories together, and this is what I end up reporting on, on Hollywire, you have this like really dramatic story of what happened with these with these influencers. Do you ever almost crack up when you're reading this news? I don't because I'm now I've been doing this for a year, so I'm so in it. But I know like when I explain to my fiance or my parents, like these stories, they like think (laughs) I'm crazy. Like they like, they don't get it. See, I love, I love any kind of messy drama. I love romance. I love celebrities getting together. The one thing though, that I don't understand though, is like, okay, like Brangelina, you got Brad and Angelina, you know, you got all that drama or Brad and Jennifer, many other celebrity couples they also do something like Brad acts in movies, Angelina right. acts in movies. We're making celebrities out of like, they, they what are they making some TikTok videos? Like well, why do we like them or ship them? Right. So they started with, so basically um, all, most of these tick, not all of them, but like a majority of the ones that people talk about constantly, they they're creating content on the platform, but they're also getting brand deals. They're also getting commercials and then they're getting careers. So like Addison Ray was in, he's all that the gender. Yeah. They, 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 yeah they're doing the reboot, she's all yeah. that. So then there's also uh Dixie D'Amelio, Charlie D'Amelio is the most followed person on 
on TikTok, right? Like I know that because I watch a YouTube followers. video, Dinner with the D'Amelios, yes, and they so, had like a celebrity guest each time. Well, and she got in trouble because she didn't like the food the chef cooked. Yes, so that was another thing. Like, so some of these these drama things, they go mainstream. And that's an example of a mainstream thing. Like people have been trying to cancel the D'Amelios for a while because they feel like they're entitled. They feel like they're spoiled. But when reality, it's like a 15 and 19 year old girl who are growing up in front of social media and are trying their best. And, uh, and Dixie had also this like crazy relationship where she was, she was dating this guy, Griffin Johnson, and they were together and everyone was shipping them as a uh, Gri- Grixie was their couple. <laughs> I name, love I everybody. Was, we all got in an email chain. Like we got to ship these guys. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, uh, some uh, girl had posted screenshots of Griffin sliding into her DMs asking for feet pics. That's another thing Gen Z are really into feet for some reason. My, like, my co-host on Monday, Sophie Ross, uh, offered to sell her feet pics on Monday. So this I you're heard right. that this episode. Is yeah, big. feet this is a big. thing. And, and you know, I interviewed who you also mentioned. I interviewed recently uh, Frankie Jonas, the bonus Jonas. The bonus Jonas. How I is he? Is he psychologically he, hurt from all of this? He is like it is the year of Jonas like I am proud of him I think like what what a story like to come out as kind of like not only like living in the shadows of your brothers and now kind of creating a fan base of your own and doing your own thing and Mojo, being authentically yeah. yourself like he is crushing it but Wait, what does a, he do he has his own TikTok page where he's posting like a ton of like these, these like, damn he's TikToks. Just funny he's funny he like everything's a bit to him he has like several uh like finsta accounts like making fun of things kind of uh he's yeah the feet thing he says is a bit for him but he's also like intrigued by it but it's like oh it's a bit bit. it's a quote yeah it's a bit bit. yeah he's just like he's he's a funny funny guy and i think he i really think that what he should be doing is stand-up comedy because i feel like that's like the next thing for him and that's what's happening they one of these guys needs to do like a how to like a TikTok seminar seminar for people like me to get into TikTok so I can I, I would love to go in or even go in there with a bunch of 16 year olds and I'm the oldest guy there and they teach me how to TikTok, you know? Yeah, or I definitely should probably like start like writing explainers, like explaining to millennials like what's yes. going on in Gen Z culture. By the way, hold, hold hold our hands. We need somebody to take us through and yeah. understand this because it's it's like aliens. Like I want to believe. I want I want to understand TikTok. I'm not anti TikTok, but I sometimes see these kids, and I'm like, I have seen these done better by actual people that had like actual acting jobs, singing jobs, and I just the cachet of like these little videos. I just but but by the way, they're getting like YouTube. Uh, how many people watch that? Is like like cable and they're, they're, they're bigger than cable ratings. They're bigger than like network ratings. Some of this stuff. Yeah. Yeah, they are. And the amount of views they get, and that's why brands are putting them behind it. And that's why they're getting these opportunities. That's why they're getting music careers out of this. They're getting uh, movie careers in the case of Addison Ray, they're getting endorsement deals. So what I feel like what is happening is like people get to know them because they're sharing everything about themselves on social media, people like them and then their career happens. So it's almost like Brangelina in reverse. It's like, instead of the movie career and then learning about the personal life, we know about the personal life. And so the fans are rooting for them as their career develops. But I mean, all of these people, like all of these celebrities, they can do something, but they're now getting the platform from TikTok and they have to figure out, can they make it mainstream? And Addison Ray, I feel like has done that to some extent. Um, and they're all kind of like figuring that a lot of them want to be musicians. A lot of them want to be talk show hosts to some extent, which takes away my job, but whatever. Um, and, <laughs> and a lot of them, so that's why they, they kind of are there. I mean, when we, I didn't interview her, but Addison was in our Hollywire studio 
now over a year ago and um, my, my co-host Jana Rosenberg interviewed her and she was basically saying that, you know, she, she knew that she had this moment where everyone was watching her and she was basically trying to, to take every opportunity possible. And a year later, that's what she did. And that's why she is where she is today. No, but is there, is there like an overall, like a parent of all these TikTokers that are like, stop throwing parties in the hills. You're being jackasses. Right. So there's a, so there used to be these content houses. So there was Hype House and there was Sway oh, House. house. Yeah. Isn't and Jake then, Paul's one of those houses? Well, he, so he started, kind of started that with, uh, it was the vlog squad. Was that the vlog squad? Because the vlog squad is that uh, little goofy kid with the smile. Uh, that Dobrik, David Dobrik. David Dobrik. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was a vlog squad. But then, then, oh, there was video something. There was, I, I'm, I'm blanking on the name because I started covering the stuff there's like too after many them. squads there's, there's yeah there's all these content houses so in the content houses there's supposed to be some type of parent but then in the case of like addison ray like lives with her parents the d'amelios the parents are also very involved in their life but then like someone like a bryce hall in the sway house like they're just a bunch of kids in their 20s like partying 24 7 but they've they've like cleaned up their image a lot recently they've been working on like giving back to the community and trying to be like these like role models to the younger fans why don't we have to. a documentary about these houses like do they have to come up with like four different bits a day like is it i mean is it well well, there's a lot of reality shows on them. So that was like the other thing that's happening is like all like the Sway House has a reality show called Sway Life that's on streaming on Facebook. The D'Amelios just got their reality show, which will be coming out on Hulu. Uh, and then there's another house, the Triller Compound, uh, which also has their own show on Instagram. And there was a lot of drama that just went down on that show recently. Uh, that was like another big TikTok scandal. There's all these scandals. It's always like every day there's like a new TikTok scandal that I'm reporting on. <laughs> God, I'm the bad boy of podcasting. Is there a bad boy of TikTok? Is there a? It would be a... Bryce Hall, I think. Bryce I think Hall. He's, he's, he's the one the to watch. Self-proclaimed bad boy. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I've been rooting for him. I really, you know, I, I get. I I used to get his fans would come at me because I would report just the facts of a news story, and they'd be like, "Why do you hate Bryce?" And I'm like, "I'm not. I don't hate him. I just said that he was at." a restaurant by LAX and he was vaping and the waiter asked him to stop vaping and he got into a fist fight with them. And then like, and then oh like, my that's God, the Gabby, story. I remember that story. Yeah. Like I, I just, remember that story. Cause I laughed at how silly it how was. Silly it was. He was vaping. And I was like, I was like, that's just the story. Like, I'm not saying like Bryce Hall sucks. I never say that. I'm just, I I'm just reporting I'll on say what it. he did. Bryce Hall like, sucks. Bryce, I'm just you telling you what he me. did. Um, <laughs> I love that your job is kind of like, it's almost like spotlight that, that movie, you guys are in the newsroom, you're breaking down these intense TikTok stories. Yeah. Um, I love hosting. Like, are you, I, I took a hosting class uh, right before uh, the pandemic and I love reading teleprompters. I loved you. Do you do all that stuff? So I write all my stories. Um, I usually write them right here because this is my kitchen table, which is also my office. So I, I'm usually up at like six, am seeing what's going on in the TikTok world and also in like i also cover harry styles i can give you an update on harry and please Olivia Wilde, wait I is she i i just talked about him the, what's going on with yeah. him and olivia wilde so here's you know the funny thing about that relationship though is that they never officially confirmed they were dating right they just were at that wedding of the friend, they were at supposedly. the wedding of the friend allegedly according to a source he had referred to olivia as his girlfriend but again that's like a source so that's not a straight fact and then they were seen hanging out together in santa barbara uh, there also was the whole thing on Valentine's Day. She like did a tribute post to him, but also could have read as she. But was, it was it was a tribute post to like other people in her movie, right? In her like, movie, yeah. but it was it was mostly it was a picture of him, black and white picture of him, and it was mostly about how she's grateful of him and his performance and what he did. So people kind of read it as is that a Valentine's Day post or is it like her like you know 
giving praise to her favorite actor that she worked with, right? And um, and then there was when he won for uh, best uh, for Watermelon Sugar for the Grammys, she posted Paul McCarthy eating a, a watermelon like he was in his music video. But again, that's like not confirming their dating. That could just be that they were like, that she just is showing support. Um, I mean, but the, but the mystery, see, the, the mystery is what I love about pop culture. The mystery is to put something out there, people go crazy, and then you never confirm or deny. And there's this kind of mystery surrounding it. And to me, that is one of my favorite kinds of pop culture when there is, you know, we're kind of left to guess, uh, are they, aren't they? Or I also think it'd be a good side business for Harry Styles of like, yeah, you can act like you're dating me for it. Get everybody jealous. Get Jason Sudeikis jealous. Get, yeah. you know, the whole thing. Um, but I don't, you know, it's thing we don't, I think to me, the most concrete evidence that if they were dating was those pictures from the wedding, because if it was a small wedding, they're holding hands. Like you don't bring someone who, you know, you're just friends with to a small intimate wedding. Right. Like, I feel like that was the evidence, but I feel like they've kind of cooled off since then. And of course, like stories are going around saying they broke up, but again, there's also no evidence that they broke up, but there's also no evidence that they were ever officially dating. You know what? I'm going to DM him tonight. I'm just going to ask. Yeah, ask him. And, and Olivia. Just feel what, like, if he, what if he on? does respond? He's like, thank you. Nobody's really even asked me. I appreciate you asking. Thank well, you. he's filming a mo- another movie right now. He's filming a movie Yeah, he's all into movies now. I'm like, remember he's movies. Like, go tour. Yeah, yeah. So he's he's doing that right now. So that's the other reason. Like, people are saying these breakup rumors are circulating because they're, they're definitely not together because he's filming a movie if they are dating and she's doing whatever she's doing. Um, so, yeah, that's why people are. Well, yeah. You, you seem like a Renaissance woman. You really do seem like you do it all. Like what is, what is the overall goal now? Like, do you, are you one of, uh, I know you don't watch summer house, but there's a character on there, Lindsay Hubbard, who has her life mapped out until the day she dies. She's like, you get married and have kids by this day, get married and have kids, you know, all this stuff. Are you like that with your career? What are the next goals or do you just kind of see what happens? I mean, I love hosting. I love pop culture. I definitely want to continue doing this and continue doing entertainment reporting. But then I also love dating um, and covering dating. You can't date anymore though. You know what I mean? Sorry. Covering dating, like talking about dating stories. I I think you forgot Um, for a second. No, yeah. So yeah, I forgot. That's a single No. I was, okay, it's a podcast. I pretend I take off my engagement ring, which I would never. Um, She's doing a carrot top prop comedy. Yeah. (laughs) Um, No, I mean, and then, and then, so the project I'm working on now that I'm I'm really excited about is that it's been a beat since I've had a podcast. So I have a podcast coming out called Am I Dating a Serial Killer? And it's with the people who do um, America's Most Wanted. So it's a true crime and dating podcast. And it's really cool. I bring on people who have these, had these crazy dating stories that are, that are, you know, crazy. Like you can't believe they're true. Sometimes they're like borderline criminal and they come on and they share their story. And then we bring on a certified expert expert two to weigh in. So I'm hoping it's like funny, but it's also serious. Have you guys and already started recording and all that? Yeah. Those? So we have, we don't know when it's coming out yet, but if you follow me on Instagram, I'll be posting when I have more information. Um, but it's just, it's, I really enjoy doing it. And I, I, to me that I feel like is kind of my, like it, it makes the most sense because I'm like, everything I get to comes help. together. Everything comes together. I'm hosting, but I'm also like helping people and I'm helping the listeners. And I just, and I just really enjoy it. It's like really, really fun. So that's kind of my focus now for me. I kind of feel like I just go from project to project, whatever excites me and speaks to me and sparks joy. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I mean, that's no, I mean, I, 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 I've been so cheesy lately. I feel like I'm, uh, going through menopause in a way because I get so emotional when I think about how lucky I am to have found like doing this podcast or like it's a joy you know it's like it's not work I mean there's a lot of work that goes into it but it feels you know really fun and really inventive a lot of the times um what what was pandemic like for you because pandemic for me it, it, it allowed me to be a little bit more creative and have some time for these projects what was it like for you uh during this time um, well, 
that was when I act, it was so funny because I started with Holly uh, Wire around it was January. And so I was and we kept going in like through all this, but it was safe because it was just me and my co-host and my producer. And we all like, yeah, had you don't a, want those TikTokers around you. Yeah, know. no. So we weren't doing interviews, but we were in studio. So I mean, I'm, I was grateful for that, that I was still able to work through all of this. And then there was the there was launching my book. Uh, my book came out in May and that was kind of just not what I expected it to be. Yeah. Um, you put all that work and all and... that work. And it's a book that does well in your hands. It doesn't, tra- it, 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 it's like not meant to be an ebook. It's meant I to be. I love the tactile. Like that's, I, I, I have an insane book collection. I love the tactile nature of a book. I love the smell of a book. I love look. I mean, like there is something so romantic about uh, a bookstore or shopping for a book. I mean, that all is such a great process. And that's, and I honestly, I, I wrote this book, imagining it being in urban outfitters. Um, and I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. They always, and, it, yeah, yeah, and, totally. and then it's like, no one's really shopping. And, you know, so it, it came out when bookstores were not a thing, but what's interesting to see the sales is that it did well in Australia. And I'm like, Oh, that makes sense. Cause Australia, like they kind of never closed down. They figured they it like, out. They, they were figured like, it really, out. so yeah. I'm like, yeah. Cause I didn't write this book to be an ebook. I, I, I wrote it to be something you hold so that you give your friend when they're going through a breakup that you give someone on any 20 something birthday. Like that was the intention behind it. Um, so that was interesting, but then I, you know, I'm also in screenwriting, into screenwriting, like we're developing this book into a rom-com, which is really exciting. And I also am working on a, a, a TV show too about Gen Z culture. Cause I'm just so fascinated by it. Uh, so oh my that's God. The other Can I play the dad in that movie? Yes. Be, yes. Um, this is with your book. This is what you need to do. You, you need to relaunch in a couple months and you just do an addendum and it could be like the 20 guys you date in your twenties during a pandemic. Yes. Um, well, because I mean, did you pay attention to any of your girlfriends or guy friends that were dating during the pandemic? Cause I had a lot of friends that were actually dating, which right. is right. And I actually did a Cosmo article on this, which was like, which was like, I think we did eight, like the eight guys you date during quarantine because I, and that was coming from talking to friends that were dating at the time. And yeah, the thing I noticed was either relationships were moving very quickly uh, my really good friend who lives in London met a girl right before everything shut down. They kept in touch the whole time. And then finally they're like, we're going to do this. We're going to meet up. And they live together and they've been together ever since. So, and then I what have other the people friends- that like, uh, we started a date, we, we, we started dating right before pandemic. So now I'm living with this person for the pandemic. That happened. And then I have another, th- I have a friend of mine who was in a relationship that wasn't great. And she kept, she stayed in it and she was living with him. She's lives in LA. She was living with him in Vegas. And, um, and, and- Kristen Doty? It was not Kristen Doty. Okay, okay, okay. And uh, Kristen's doing well. She has like a great relationship. She has a dude. Yeah, yeah. I love it. I she and and her book also came out, and I feel really bad that it didn't get. I have it. I love it. Yeah, uh, he's just not that. Wait, no, he's no. It's driving uh, you. He's he's making you crazy. Crazy. Yes. And it's a. It's also a great book, and I definitely think that people should pick it up as well and read it. Um, I know that there's also that. That's a whole other thing. Yeah, it was the timing of that was just crazy. Yeah. Um. But uh. But yeah, I had a friend who was who ended up being in a relationship longer than she wanted to because of the pandemic and finally i was like get get out of there or i'm going to drive up to vegas and get you out of there and and she got out of it so she's dating now but it's going um we start this has gone so fast you do have like 10 more minutes you have 10 more minutes i have i have as much time as you need because i'm i'm just i'm so curious about that i i i didn't ever get to get your worst dating story because i got so excited about other things what is the worst date that you've been on that doesn't include any kind of violence or anything like that 
Um, I think the, oh yeah, this was, it doesn't have to be a, does you want a first date or could it be a second date? Any date. It could be, it could be five dates in. What is the worst date that you've ever been? My other and dating advice I have for anyone out there dating is trust your gut. And this is something that I've also been reaffirmed to me through this podcast that I'm working on because I, apparently it is actually your like animal instinct. It's a part of your brain. It's your subconscious that works faster than your conscious. And it tells you when something's wrong. And a lot of people do not listen to it. And for me, the situation was I had went on a first date with a guy and something was off, but I couldn't put my finger on it. And then he asked me out on a second date and I didn't want to go, but I was like, Gabby, you have to stop doing this. You have to stop self-sabotaging. Yeah, yeah. He's a nice guy. He's asking you out to dinner, <laughs> go on the date with him, like have dinner with him. So I go on the date and like the whole date is just like so weird. I'm trying to leave. He won't let me leave. He then insists on driving me home. And at the time, and I should have said, no, I should have said, I'm good. I'm calling an Uber. Thank you very much. I do not need to be driven home, but he insists on driving me home. And as he's driving me home, I tell him like where I'm going, he keeps on taking all these like different turns and yeah. I'm like, I'm, and I, in my head, I'm just like, this is how I die. This is it. This is my, I die in this stranger's yeah, this car. Is what I, this is what I get for writing this a book. I, yeah. yeah. This is... And then he was like insistent on like holding my hand and I didn't want him to hold my hand. And then, so he was like, he like held my finger at one point. It was just like, and then I was like, I started crying. Cause I was like, maybe if I cry, he'll like, let me out of the car. Oh my God. And he, like, it was so, it was the worst nightmare date I had ever been on. And, um, and yeah, so trust your gut. Like I knew something was off. I knew I wasn't feeling it from the very first date, but I was like, this guy's nice. He texts me, he's asking me out. And he was just so intense on the second date. And, and yeah, I could have, uh, could have held me captive if I wasn't careful enough. So now if I ever do a dating app, do I even bother to, to put that I'm a podcaster about reality shows? I feel like that could be a deal breaker. Like immediately, do I, what, what date do you actually even admit to things like that? But here's the thing. And the thing I finally learned and I finally did right before my date with my fiance is be 110% you because if someone has a problem with you having a reality uh, podcast, why <laughs> would you want to date them? Well, I, you know, well, I mean, I, I, I'd give, 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 give this kingdom up for the right. No, do give not. this kingdom Don't up do for that the, I'm, I'm totally joking. No, I'm totally but that's, joking. but that's how you end up having resentment and relationship issues. Like be 110% you do not change who you are for anyone. The right person will like you for who you are. I know that sounds like such old advice, but it's, it's true. Like I think put it all out there because, because then you might get less matches, but the matches you get are going to be a higher quality. The less matches, the match matches are you're re referring to a dating app thing, a right? dating app. Yeah. If you're on a dating app and you, you, you really put everything out there, right. You're like, this is who I am. Yada, yada, yada. And maybe before doing that, you were getting more matches, but once you put everything out there, there's less, <laughs> less people are biting, but I will tell you the ones that are biting um, are the ones that might end up really... being, they, that will work out. <laughs> My was I changed my bio to a John Mayer uh, lyric and my fiance thought I wrote it and really liked it. So <laughs> don't oh, tell him please, it's a John Mayer. Hey, no. Oh, it's gotta be your body is a wonderland. After no, music. I hate I can, that song. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. It's, um, um, it's his banter in Bold is Love. He says something about, I'm not looking for any Roman candle, Hollywood hot pink love. I'm looking for, I got your back love. And I was like, actually that sums up exactly what I'm looking for. And I put that in my bio and my fiance wanted that too. And then when he proposed to me, he said, he said something like that but i, I, I blacked out are you going to be walking down the aisle to a john mayer song you know that's the dream ryan isn't yeah, it by the way that's what and when every every young girl <laughs> always has that dream of uh getting married to a john mayer song 
Um, it's a 20 person wedding at a church. And I think I have to like have some organ music play or whatever, you know, churches. Uh, this is what my friend said uh, in terms of this going on three dates in this last week. Uh, she said the, the two guys, they're kind of even in terms of like, she's not super excited. They were nice. And she's like, I guess I have to give him a second date because it's no, what, what are the no, rules on that? Don't, like, don't. Well, if you're not feeling it, why waste their time? Why waste your that's time? That's what I was thinking too of like, you know, My just because dating, they're gentlemanly or polite, you know, if there's not any kind of spark there, what what would be the, in just hopes that it gets better? It's not going to get better. It's people are their best version of themselves on a first date or in your case, they're really nervous, but give them a second chance. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but people are usually the best version of themselves on a first date. So if you're not into them on the first date, do not, it doesn't get better. Okay. It's just going to get worse. Move on. Find someone so who you knocks don't your recommend socks saving off. Saving a little sum for the second date. Like maybe coming in at a C, a C plus, And then if you get the second date, then bring the A game. No, I'm saying more that the first date should be a casual setting. And yeah, then the second long. date, yeah, casual, hour long, like just a chemistry check. Especially what are the rules online. on first kiss? What are the rules on that? If you're feeling it, you're feeling it. Go for it, you know? Have sure. you had a whole bunch of horrible first? And, and how many in the 30 dates and 30 days did you turn down the kiss? Did you? There were no, actually, because they were, no one had, I didn't turn down it. No one, I mean, unless I just completely missed it. No one had tried to kiss yeah. me. Um, it was the, the first date actually ended up being someone who I was dating at the time. So it counted. Cause it was like, it was like midnight the night before. And then the last guy was a kiss, but there were no, kisses. it was the midnight that you started at, at midnight. The get you started 30 days at 30 and midnight and you counted the guy you were actually dating. Cause it was right on the cusp. Yeah. And I told him about it. I was like, I'm doing this thing. And he's like, please don't count me. He was British. So it sounded better. He's like, please don't count me. And I was like, I'm sorry. I like, I have to, uh, you shouldn't have booty called me. Here we are. <laughs> oh my God. That's amazing. Okay. Wait. Okay. When is it all right to booty call? When is it all, how do you establish the rules of that? Where, where is there a handbook for this kind of stuff? Well, yeah. So there is in my, my book, there is the guy who texts you stuff at 2am and booty calls can work. I think you just have to be on the same page. I think you both have to want a booty call. Uh, do not pursue a booty call if you want them, if you want something more, I think accept it for what it is. I think that's the biggest thing. And that's why booty calls don't work because you know, you're saying the person on summer house, there's always somebody that wants something more, even though right. they say they don't, you know, like the person texting on summer house, the nine, 9 yeah. PM, that Luke. was probably they, yeah. Luke probably thought that he was doing a booty call. And then the girl who was like, no, probably was like, I want this to be a boyfriend situation. I don't know. I've never seen an episode of summer. I house. mean, you're, I, I mean, you're close. I mean, you're close. You're not, you're not dead on, but I mean, you're, you're in the ballpark. Um, and then, uh, finally you talked to all of your exes for this book. Did any of your exes go like, this girl's making up a book idea just to get talking to me again. Did any of them no, think you wanted to rekindle? Uh, I think, or did you rekindle with anybody in the book? No, I actually didn't. Cause I think the thing that was kind of cathartic about it, I was like this, these, none of these guys were the right guy. I need to move forward. Um, some guys were nicer than I thought they would be. And uh, some, a lot of guys tried to gaslight me. And gaslighting, once again, is saying is, is is making the woman believe that they're crazy or stupid, right? Yeah, or or twisting the truth and telling you. So, like a lot of guys, I, I had the story. I knew that's exactly what happened. And instead of saying something along the lines of "Hey, I'm really uncomfortable with that detail," because the whole I sent the stories to them and I was like, "Let me know if you're uncomfortable. I'll take it out. I changed your name. I changed details. If you still think there's something identifying in here, let me know. I'll take it out." And um, and most guys were cool. And then some guys were like, actually, this is what happened. And I was like, no, I know what happened because I wrote it down 
after it happened. Like, so they would try to like kind of manipulate the truth to me about the situation, which I was like, good thing we're not dating. That is, uh, that, but memory is interesting. I, I sometimes think about like, uh, I've had memories before where I've, I've envisioned the scene and I was in it from a different angle than it even happened. Like, it's like weird yeah. how our memories like, or, or the, the bad dates, I mean, they were bad dates, but I will probably increase the horribleness in my mind and they might not have been that bad. Right. Or, I mean, I've had guys like feel like add details. They're like, I remember this. And I was like, yeah, I remember that too, but my parents are going to read this. So I'm not going to include that detail in it. Like that's a difference from a guy being like, you know, that never happened. This is really what happened. And I'm like, no, that's not what happened. I remember it. So thank you. Um, uh, well, this has been amazing. Is there any other pop culture story? Uh, are you still into, uh, Bieber? Are you into, I mean, cause you said, I, I think you, you're an Olivia Rodrigo fan, right? I'm Olivia Rodrigo fan. I'm so invested in like her music. Did I'm, you I see mean, that whole... she announced her album today? Yes. Yes. With her track listings. I, yeah. I called Sour. The, the album's called Sour. Um, I also, I mean, she really is like, she's doing what Taylor Swift did back then. And I think that's why I'm, I was, I'm a Swifty. I think that's why I'm into this. Oh, I love um, what it, did you listen to Fearless Taylor's? Yes, album? yes. I thought it was great. I'm so happy that she was able to bring that back and her saying that she recorded each line, like she thought about each line that she was doing. I think that must be so cool to re-record something that you did, you know. And uh, to come at it from a, it's like when you yeah. read a book uh, at different points in your life, the mm -hmm. same book, you come at yes. it from a different way with your own experience. But I was even thinking about Alanis Morissette back in the day, mm, way yeah. back in the day. It's like, we kind of have these like young pop stars that they're, and who knows what this album will be like, but if it's anything like the smash of driver's license, it is interesting to see like, well, they're really pinning a lot on her. They're, they really have that kind of, she has that kind of heat behind her where I think they're really trying to make her a superstar, you know? Well, and then you you know too why Driver's License was such a hit besides it being a good song, Wasn't right? it the drama between- It was the drama. Yeah, it was the, the drama and, and it was the alleged drama, but also I don't think it was orchestrated. Like, I don't think that when she was releasing it was that real. song, it was real. And I think that's why people really like it. Like, I, I don't think anyone behind it was like, I think after the fact, I think what felt a little forced was after her song came out, how Joshua Bassett and Sabrina Carpenter, who were both, you know, in the alleged love triangle, both rushed to release their songs, which I honestly don't think were anywhere near as good as Driver's License. I think she really had this authentic, because people can see fake. And I think something about Driver's License and why people are so attracted to it and into it is it just feels so raw. It feels so genuine and I think, and pure. And I think that's why people love it so much. And then when you hear the backstory, it's just crazy. But then I think she was very smart to say, I'm not going to say who it's about because I don't want to ruin the experience for you. Like I want it to be about whoever you think it's I about. I want it to be about your horrible jerk. Yeah. Well, because the thing that is relatable is everyone remembers when they got their driver's license and everyone remembers their first heartbreak. And that's what that song is. And so it is reminiscent of like just that moment when you're going through your heartbreak and you're driving in your car and you're crying and you're singing along to a song, which is, was her motivation when she wrote this song, I think is universal and relatable. And I think that's why it is in now the cultural zeitgeist of SNL in that sketch, you know? Yeah, that was a great too. Well, I mean, what if her whole album is just like first, like it's my first paycheck. It's a song about that. And I, based on the titles of the song, I don't, I don't think that's what it's going to be. And she also has teased that she's, that she's not going to stick to one genre. They're not all breakup ballads that she's really inspired by all different types of genres of music. So, and I, and, and the person she's been working with has been great. I will tell you though. So her follow-up song, which I think is also great deja vu. Um, she did an interview with the guy that she had, who, who's her producer, who she worked with on driver's yeah. license. And it was kind of a little sad because he was basically being like uh, so many of the lines that you thought she wrote and were impersonal to her. He had actually written <laughs> like, 
which was <laughs> kind of like ruined it for me. And I was well, like, okay. Said, I say this about reality shows all the time, but you just said it about this is that the audiences can tell when something's real. You know, yeah. like you feel it. And that was my thing against this. Uh, I was very jaded because I'm very jaded about reality shows now because I think everything's set up, like especially the Kardashians. But that's what I was like. How do I know some Disney Nickelodeon producer isn't behind the scenes going like, ha I'm writing all this for you. You just sing it, you know? Well, I, yeah. So I think I'm, I really feel on the first, because I watched how she made the first one and the way, and she was working with the same producer on that one. And that process she had had come with the lyrics and that's, I mean, at least that was the narrative they had for that. And then on the second one, I don't know if it was because of all the heat that she had gotten and because of the alleged love triangle and because she still stars in a show with the guy, the song is allegedly about for the second one, she made it really feel like she, that there was nothing personal about it. Like the only thing personal about the song was the fact that she likes strawberry ice cream. She's like never seen an episode of Glee, which was another lyric in her song. And that it doesn't sound like she's a big Billy Joel fan either, which is oh, also like, how dare her. Right. And then I'm like, does she think Billy Joel's a female? Like Billy Eilish? Like these are all thoughts. <laughs> like, um, I mean, when are we going to start? I mean, are we going to be in our 70s going like the Demelios? I think it's fascinating. Well, that's what you had said earlier, which I think the, about the whole like we care about. And and when I, I used to host a show with uh, Perez Hilton actually on, on Hollywire for a second. Oh my God. He's the, he is uh, such an icon, such a legend. I mean, like, really? I mean, he gets, you know, he's gotten into a lot of trouble over the years, but I will, I always remind people in this, I was the guy refreshing his site yes 80 times an hour because i was in there when the you know he would do the bubbles and Lindsay mm -hmm. lohan and on like that was celebrity popcorn that the excitement of perez hilton when it was really at its uh you know cultural zenith is something that I will never forget. I was refreshing constantly to see news stories. And he was the first influencer in a way. He was the first person who like wasn't famous and kind of created a name and a platform and identity for himself. Um, and I, I mean, I, I, yeah, I loved OG Perez Hilton. He, him as a person is, I just, I've learned so much from him too. And something that he said to me that has stuck with me and what you kind of have brought up too, it's like, we cared about Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aniston because of their body of work. And these TikTok stars don't really have a body of work. And he would say the same thing. But I think what it comes down to, it's like, I think one or two of them we're going to still be talking about because I mean, look at Justin Bieber. He came from YouTube. Look at Sean Mendez. He came from Vine. Like I think all of these platforms, there is one mega star that comes from it, but like who is going to be that TikTok star that we're going to still be talking about from years to come? It might be Addison yeah. Ray. I mean, it might be, we'll see. I mean, I, I, I just, I'm a negative Nelly about the whole thing. I'm kind of like, ah, how dare you kids? You know, you're keeping me up at night, but I, I think it is exciting because it is a part of pop culture. I just want them to earn it. I just want them to earn the celebrity that they're given. And I feel like we nowadays, you know, even if you take the bachelor nation, we make, we make everybody celebrities. And at a certain point, I'm like, are we not, you know, we're going to have to take care of these people when they retire. Like how many, eventually it's not going to be so cute when they're doing tummy tea ads on Instagram, you know? Yeah, no, it's very true. Um, I think really only time will tell. But I, I don't think that we're going to still, I mean, but also like look back at like the YouTubers that came out and like, you know, or do we still care about all of them? Do we still care about all those Vine stars? Like, no, I think that the same thing's going to happen with TikTok. Well, Gabby, uh, yeah, they, I, I could keep going and, and thank you so much for doing to, this. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, you are amazing. I want to remind people the book is called 20 Guys You Date in Your 20s. Uh, if you go to GabbyConti.com, G-A-B-I-C-O-N-T-I.com, you can get information and it actually has a link to the book. You can also find her on Hollywire. Uh, that's on YouTube, right? And, and Vizio and... 
YouTube? Samsung. Yeah. Samsung. But I mean, YouTube's usually the easiest way to find me. And then my Instagram account is like where I post everything, which is it's Gabby Conti, I-T-S-G-A-B-I-C-O-N-T-I. I'll put all that on the uh, description, you guys. So go follow her, go support. And also you can find out the information when she does release that pod, because I really, I hope you guys do catch some serial killers in <laughs> terms of dating. And you'll have to come on again. When I, if, if I ever date, you'll have to come on again and just walk me through, or you know what, maybe I'll just start a bunch of apps and then you can walk me through each uh, profile. You know, I am here to help. I would love nothing more. And also if you ever, <laughs> if you ever need me to explain some TikTok drama to you, that's going mainstream. Like I'm happy to come you know, on. You know, like we you. should, we should do like a correspondent thing yeah. of like your uh, Gabby's TikTok uh, 10 minutes and we'll yeah. do it once a week. So you, uh, you guys go support Gabby and uh, we will talk to you next time, Gabby. Sounds good. Thanks. Five, four, Bye. three, two, one. Was that great? That was great. That, that was, was so awesome. much fun. Okay, I hope good. I didn't keep you. Now I feel bad. Betches.